guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Scriptures today refer again and again to these examples from the world of, of nature, how it is that God's promises are fulfilled in us. His promise is that we have the capacity to weather changes in this world and find security and consolation and life in him. The images of the tree with deep roots planted by a flowing stream. The other examples and images of those things which lack the ability to to weather drought or flood. These all point us to the security and the true foundation of our lives. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, I think perhaps my favorite passage, is the role, the, the scroll from Isaiah that Jesus himself reads from at the beginning of his public ministry. The 61st, 61st chapter of that prophecy, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the afflicted, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, give them a garland instead of ashes, the, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oaks weather storms, their deep roots allow them to per- persevere through droughts, Their heaviness, combined with their flexibility, allows them to not fall to the ground in heavy winds or to be swept away in floods. Oaks are not glamorous, but they're steady and they're strong. All too often, our vision is captivated by by flowers. We look for a flowering. Oaks don't flower. We favor those things which in a riot of beauty capture the eye and overwhelm us with their fragrance. But a flowering, if we push it too early, it can be premature. Flowers without roots to sustain them can't last. Flowers that have been cut, well, they drink in whatever's close at hand. But of course, they can't last. They won't last. They lack roots. They've been cut off from the very thing that will sustain them and allow that flowering once it temporarily subsides to resume at the proper time. So it is in the spiritual life. We need roots. God wants to give us roots. And the place that we receive those is in prayer. Prayer alone gives us the roots that we need. All too easily we think prayer, well, that's, that's really not for me. That's for better people, people who have more faith than I do, people who live on a higher plane, or people that want to be holy, people who want to respond to this call to holiness. But I don't want that. So why would I pray? You see, prayer reorients our lives. Prayer prevents us from having foundations only in things that are passing away things that we're going to lose. And it allows us to have foundations 
and a solid footing and roots in that which never passes away. You know, in preparation for this homily, I was reading through different books on prayer that have been very helpful for me. And one book in particular referenced a series of stories that, that pointed to, to this reality. And, and it caused me to think back in conversations that I've had with uh, people that, that I've encountered in my life of priesthood. There was one example of prayer that immediately leapt to mind. It was a testimony of a young man who I will just reassure you, none of you know. He was from another city, far away time and place. He was telling me about his, about his personal experience of, of conversion. And this was in the context of him preparing to get married. And as we, as we spoke, he said at one point in his not-too-distant past, having lived um, a life that, while superficially was, was devout, uh, was also accompanied by all sorts of moral failings and attachment to, to sins, specifically sins of the flesh. And he said his conversion happened when he received a notice from his physician that it was very likely that he had contracted a venereal disease. Now, at the time, he was single. And he said, that took me to a place that was extremely dark. Because... It was like I had climbed up onto a, a cliff and I was looking out over the, the scene of my life, both, both past and future. He said, I saw, I saw something very ugly. It was like looking out maybe what we would call a, a scene of, of Mordor, right? Just waste and desolation, dryness. Basically, I'm looking and, and realizing maybe no one will ever want me. Maybe I'm damaged goods. Look what I've done to myself. And that moment of recognition took him now not looking out over a wide plain of desolation, but standing on the edge of a cliff. Do I even want to continue? As the case turns out, that was a false alarm for him. But he took that brush with these very deep and profound and disturbing possibilities as a sign that his life was not grounded in the things that they should have been grounded in. And from that point forward, he decided, I've been spared. I was given a second chance. I'm not going to waste this one like I wasted my first. And so began his relationship with Christ, the cultivation of habits of prayer, and a sincere desire to live out God's will in his life. That's just as valid an experience of prayer as what we dismiss as holier-than-thou or kind of holy roller activity, being a church person. Prayer reorients our lives from having foundations only in things that are passing away to having foundations in God. In God, the things of this world take on their proper meaning. But without God, the things of this world are, are nothing more than covering over uh, the reality of the horror of my emptiness. That nothing means anything. That it all ends up in nothingness. It's just a cut flower that's going to shrivel up and die, even though it's appealing to me now. 
Roots grow in silence. Roots grow out of sight. And one of my great privileges as a priest is being able to accompany souls in a deliberate way into the mystery of prayer and to see firsthand the way that they've grown, the way that they've sunk roots and in this way develop their interior depth and their awareness. God's true existence can only be experienced in prayer. Only in prayer am I able to let go of my fearful insistence of being in control of my life, which is a self-centered life and is always collapsing in on itself. Only in prayer can I enter into the reality of God's consoling and, yes, demanding presence and so live a Christ-centered life. I would say that anyone that doesn't have a habit of daily prayer or isn't trying to acquire a habit of daily prayer is more a flower than an oak. Oaks come in all sizes, but they're all doing the same thing, sinking roots silently, unseen, but they're all doing it. What are we? Have I simply sustained myself by drinking in whatever happens to be close at hand just to keep the flower going one more day? Or have I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm done pretending. I'm done putting on a, a mask or a facade and I want real life. I want to be a branch on that vine. I want to build on that rock. I want his promises to be fulfilled in me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.